0: Welcome to the Fellowship, Mister Picture of Health, Adam Hawk here, joined by the King of Swing and Releasing After Impact, Ryan Engel. It's Tuesday, so you should have more zest than our typical Monday records. So let's check in on that right now. Ryan,
1: how are you? Uh, it's ice cold Miller High Life in the bottle. Just hit the lips.
0: So you couldn't be doing better? Couldn't be doing better. That's great to hear. Off the top, an apology for being late with the delivery of these podcasts the past two weeks. Labor Day weekend last week knocked us off our schedule, and I was out on assignment yesterday for the Southern California Golf Association enjoying the friendly confines of the Victoria Club, a 120-year private club in Riverside, California. Fun fact about Riverside? There is no river, unless you count the river of crystal meth that is said to flow from Riverside down the 91 freeway to the greater Southern California area, but I wish there was a river because I would have jumped into it yesterday. 100 degrees with humidity. Steamy. It was steamy. It was steamy. It was sweaty. It was swampy. Just a hell of a hot day out in the 909, but I think it can safely be said. It's really, really hard you have a bad time playing golf.
1: What color shorts were you wearing?
0: I was wearing navy blue trousers. God,
1: I love to hear it. Just radiating that swanky, salty, sweaty style. You got to do it. I've famously been quoted, I'll be wearing trousers in hell.
0: Can't wait to see it. Again, if you have a bad time playing golf, more than likely it's on you. And it got me thinking about the five W's of golf. Mm. The who, what, where, when, and whys of golf, and why if you follow these five W's, you will never have a
1: bad time. Should I get my pen and paper out?
0: No, because I think you already agree with most of these, and I'll give them to you, and then you can add and contextualize from your own personal experience on these five W's. The first W, who... Who you play golf with is the most important part of the entire game. It's the fellowship, it's the banter, it's the time spent. If you're focused more on your group than how you're
1: playing, you'll never have a bad time. True. The golf is, it's the escape. That's what it's about. Our time is valuable. There's nothing more valuable in this life than time. The clock doesn't stop ticking. So when you're taking the time to go out there, it's got to be with the people you love trying to make good fond memories in the process doing it
0: the second w is what what you play golf for if you're playing for fun and it doesn't matter if there's money involved or not but if you prioritize playing for fun you will never have a bad time and if you want to see someone having a bad time playing golf watch people play competitively for score
1: my god Remember when we were at the US Open at at LA uh, Country Club, and we were trying to meander our way through all of the uber elitist scaffolds everywhere? The chalets. We're on a wild goose chase, you know? We come up on our good pal, Billy Horschel. Billy Ho. And some noob, dumbass millennial kid was 50 yards away from us. And he's on the phone talking, maybe shooting a TikTok. Who knows? I don't know what these kids do these days, but he's just on the phone going, uh, me, 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 me. Yeah, for sure. You know, just like what kids say on the phone nowadays. And Billy Horschel just has a fucking hissy fit. Calls him out, the patented Billy Horschel index finger and thumb on his hip. (laughs) You know, you know that look? Just like belt buckle sticking out. Sure. Just gave the kid the business and it's like, There's competitive golf for you right there. If I was playing in the Gillis game on Wednesdays at Muni and we're all chalking it up, if I were to walk off of a shot because someone was opening a beer in my backswing or enjoying a nice conversation, like if that really affects your focus, that's on you, dude. Mm -hmm. Now, should you be respectful? Yeah. Like if you're playing in an environment where you got to kind of obey the etiquette a little more so. Let's say it's a new person, a new friend, a business colleague. God forbid you're playing a tournament round. But something of that nature, you would want to kind of dial it back when it's with your boys and you're there to have fun. You're not walking off when someone stands stuff. My point is, is perfect example. Go to a pro golf tournament. Stand there in silence while the volunteer holds up that stupid sign in the air while his arms are shaking because he can barely hold it up over his head. And tell me, does that look fun? It does not. And you're lying to yourself if you think it is. I'll
0: tell you what is fun. Watching you and listening to you always try to do the mental gymnastics of figuring out, is it chalking it up or chopping
1: it up? Who cares? And again, when you're- Did I get it wrong? You got it wrong. Oh, great. You said when you and the boys are chalking it up. You can chalk it up with the boys. It's like writing down plays on the on the, on the the old- uh, chalkboard chalkboard the chalking it up yeah that's you know chalking it up right there just chalking that up to a good time
0: when you are conversing it is chopping it up when you are attributing something to another thing you are chalking it up but we're only 45 episodes into this we will learn sooner than later
1: i'm so glad the nerdiest english teacher on earth just graded my paper you knew what i was saying you knew what i meant so what does it matter
0: Back to the English lesson. The third W of the five W's of golf, where you play golf, is very important because it's fundamental to really embrace the fact that where you play golf doesn't matter. It's golf regardless. You get to hit shots and be outside. Never let the wear dictate the good time. You and I have played at Lake Forest. It's a crappy little nine hole, but we had a great time. We'll whip out the putters in here and do gold cups of putting and World Series of chipping. It doesn't matter where you're playing golf.
1: No. And this just goes to the previous fact that, like, those other things are more important because I could play Indian Wells for the rest of my life. I love the place. I have a history there. It means something to me. I love the design layout the era in which it was built. Let me sail off into the sunset there. But to your point, yeah, it doesn't really matter much.
0: Golf is golf wherever it is. Yeah. So to hear someone complain like, oh, we're playing there, or you, you booked a tee time there, who
1: cares? No, I do think it's funny. Go ahead. To poke fun at the stereotypes of given tracks. Sure. It's just like poking at any stereotype. That's good comedy. Absolutely. It's low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep,
0: and you're going to make fun of Pelican point. Pelican point. Till the day you die.
1: I love Muni with all my heart, but I will always ridicule it for the absolute shit Kakuya greenside chipping lies Mm -hmm. that just continue to steal my mana.
0: And mana means?
1: Look it up, Adam.
0: The fourth W, when you play golf. When. This one varies for everyone. People play multiple times a week. Some people only play twice a year. It depends on your schedule, the seasonality, your cash flow, your family situation. The important thing to remember with the when is that you're getting to do it. And as you like to say, Angle, golf isn't a have to do. It's a get to do. So whenever you play golf, understand it's a privilege and
1: act accordingly. Mm. Well said. Care to elaborate? Well, I mean, you see how I dress for it. You know, it's funny. I was at church on Sunday, and I have such extreme adult ADHD that, you know, sometimes I get lost in my own stuff while things are supp- are happening. I'm supposed to be paying attention to it. I think it's happening right now. Yeah. And so anyways, the pastor's up there giving his sermon, and he's up there, you know, wearing a collared shirt and trousers. And it's summer, it's hot, and yeah, the inside of the church is air-conditioned, but he wore pants. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Because how ridiculous would it look to see a pastor up on a stage in front of a church wearing shorts? That is the argument that we have for wanting to wear pants on the golf course and that classic gentleman code of conduct and dress code. You can't even imagine they would wear shorts, but yet here we are. People want to campaign for these pros to be playing for millions of dollars at these just esteemed country clubs, tons of tradition, and they want to campaign for these guys to wear shorts. It's just ridiculous. Could you imagine getting a job at a really nice company and showing up the first day with shorts on? When you get into that argument and people are just like, my legs are hot and stuff, it's just like, I'm, I'm not even going to argue with you because I'm looking at a male that has yet to grow up. So how am I going to convince you if you're not even... Mature enough to even see the argument, but they want to be comfortable. Me 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 it's me 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 me
0: me. It's funny you bring up wardrobe in church because as soon as I'm done with these five Ws, I've got my take on wardrobe in church. And as you know, I like to pre-write. My topics. Yeah. So I'm not just going there off the top of my head. It is really interesting that you brought up wardrobe in church because I have something that I just must get off my chest. But the final W and the five W's of golf why, who, what, where, when, why? Why you play golf. This entire brand is built on the concept of why we play golf. It's for the fellowship. It's for the time spent with your friends. It's for celebrating the good shots and laughing at the bad ones. It's for the drinks, the cigars, the tradition, the character building. And it's because it's one of the last places where you find civility and respect playing out, taking turns, minding your manners, shaking hands, trying to get better, but not bringing yourself or anyone else down when you don't. It's staying in the fight against old man par. It's for realizing that you'll never be good enough to get mad. And that's fundamental. If you manage your expectations and remember that this game is witchcraft and it's wrecked world-class players before, you can't get mad because what's there to get mad about? If we put the world's hardest math equation in front of you and asked you to solve it, would you get mad if you couldn't? Or would you laugh in our face for even asking you to try?
1: (laughs) Seriously. Golf is the ultimate vessel. That's the why. It's the vessel. It's the vessel for everything to be a good human. It's not just some fad sport where we can build these fast fashion, fast attention span, just shitty movements and shitty brands to just Jump on the coattails of something that's in pop culture right now. It's bigger, it's better than that. And if you can realize these things we're discussing right now and realize what kind of a vessel golf actually is, then you can put down your silly, flamboyant colors and your over casual costumes and your shitty attitude and your selfish demeanor and come on board and become a better person with us.
0: So remember all of this. It could be hot as hell. You could be tired. You could be having a shit round and writing a lot of big numbers on the card. But if you keep the five W's in mind, you'll never have a bad time. And God bless golf for making it so easy to have a good time all the time.
1: Don't forget to drink too. Yeah. (laughs) That should be another W. I don't know how we, we factor that in, but maybe it's not a W. Maybe it's a V. For vices. <laughs> yeah. Because right. golf just gives you an e- excuse to just really indulge in those vices. And, and listen, guys, you could be doing yoga and eating plants all day, and a bus could hit you right in the face. So, as we live and breathe and watch this clock tick, it's okay every now and then to just have a little fun, cut loose, have a little bit of that vice. Moderation is okay. Indulge a little bit in moderation because golf is a vacation. And life is hard, and the taxes just keep going up. So, fuck, man. Whatever it is, pack it, cool it, pop it, drink it, smoke it, do it.
0: Anyway, I shot a 93, not great. Wow, did you win
1: the tournament again this no, year? No, I did not. <laughs> hey, uh, just for the viewers at, or <laughs> listeners at home... I'm the one viewing this right now. (laughs) Yeah, Hawk won this tournament last year. It's a SCGA tournament. So all the golfers who work for that organization get together and try to compete. He won it somehow. That just shows how good the group is. Uh, And there's like, oh, you can't win. You're part of the organization. So they basically took his trophy away from him. He was really butthurt about that. He was going back out with a vengeance. He wanted to go back to back, folks. The question is... Did you have fun shooting that 93? Of course I had fun. And
0: that's the whole point of this. Despite it being very hot and despite shooting the 93 and only finding one of 13 fairways.
1: One of 13?
0: And those are generous fairways. You've played the Victoria Club. There's no... Where were you missing it? Left. Left? Little case of the hooks. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's really hard to figure out. If you're just block pushing,
1: you can figure that out. What'd you hit on one? Did you go in the water? One... (laughs)
0: One was the one fairway that I
1: hit. <laughs> First time I played there, we get we get to one. It's just screaming for like a push driver in the water. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, fuck. I'm going to hit a long iron down there, you know? I thin slap it basically nowhere, and I've got like 230 to the hole. Worst tee shot ever. So I hit a three iron to the front edge, slap a long triple breaking putt up there to about four inches and tap in for par and go, love golf. <laughs> Could you play the hole any worse? I would have rather just ripped Driver in the water and taken a fucking
0: drop. But here's the thing. It's been said many times that it just takes one good shot on a hole to make par.
1: Oh, totally. Pars are cool and stuff, but it's just like when you're meeting up with the boys and it's kind of like I'm out of my comfort zone in a new place, playing with some, some new friends. You want to get up to the first tee and at least hit it somewhere close to the screws.
0: Right, and especially at a country club where it's mandatory that the first tee box is two things. One, it's in view of every single member that's in the clubhouse. And two, there's water in play. Have you ever been to a country club where that first tee shot is not in front of 100 people that are dining and that doesn't have water involved?
1: You know what I love about country clubs, Adam? Besides everything, it's a simple little phrase. My good friend Craig Dunlap coined it. It's the arrogance of man. And you just love to see it. You love to Give feel it? Give me some it. fountains, some pools, some green grass. Fuck it. Give me the fake rocks.
0: My favorite part about country clubs is the men's locker room. And oh, the, yeah. I love that. I think country clubs, the way they can show their personality is by the aftershave collection they have at
1: the sinks in the men's locker room. Look, this is how much I love men's locker rooms at country clubs. Not a big fan of popcorn or goldfish or Chex Mix, but God damn it. You'd be lying if I'm not filling a cup of each of those fucking three things every time I step foot in there.
0: I'm eating it. You can't walk 15 feet in a country club that's worth its salt without finding a a fountain drink machine. Oh, yeah. They are just making sure all the members are hopped up on Diet Cola.
1: After a long day of drinking golfing on the course at Indian Wells, I stumble through the grill room enter the men's locker room and that fountain machine's right next to my three favorite snacks right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I just grab a cup and I just do a no ice, just little three finger shooter of just fountain Coke and just take a little swig of that. Mm. And it's just that nice little equalizer. You know, it's that nice little vice I was looking for all day.
0: You bounce right back. What I love about the men's locker room is after you play around, if you go in there and just get to the sink, splash some water on your face, throw some tonic in your hair. I'm a big hair tonic guy. Absolutely. Take a bath in the aftershave, hit that little Dixie cup of mouthwash. You walk out to the dining room. People don't even ask you how you played that day because you look
1: like you didn't play.
0: You look like you just got out of the most luxurious shower of your life. Oh, where are you coming from? A wedding?
1: Nope. You look like Pat Riley before the game coaching.
0: Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So yeah, shot a 93, hit one of 13 fairways. I was pretty bad. And Victoria Club makes you pay for it when you don't hit the fairway. That Mm. rough is ankle high and very difficult. But one more quick note from my round yesterday. I play the ping I2s on loan from you. And it's always fun to hear everyone in the group that I'm playing with remark about the relics and then side-eye the decision to play them in 2023 when there's all this new tech. And then I will inevitably hit a 9-iron further than they're hitting their Callaway Epic
1: 8-iron. Their Rocket Balls ears.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying that to brag about my game or my power, but I'm saying it because if you find the face of any golf club, whether it's from yesteryear or yesterday, the ball is going to move. But it goes to show how well the golf club manufacturers have done in marketing their bullshit and how easy of marks everyone is. Oh, you're playing the Ping I-2s with 30-year-old clubs? When it
1: it comes to those genre of clubs, I think the Ping I-2s will continue to stand the test of time just by the extreme perimeter weighting. The misses on those are, are good. They'll perform as good as any iron on the market for an amateur, higher, handicapped guy. I think where the big difference is gone is in the driver. These guys are hitting heel and toe shots just as far as center shots now. That's been the biggest thing. I saw a thing today on Golf Instagram, my favorite place on earth, and it was the PGA Tour driving distances over the years. You know, look at the comparison. There are It's almost past the 300-yard mark on average, which is kind of a big deal. Right now it's at 299, and 15 years ago it was like 288 or something like that. See, the difference is, is that now these guys – can go at it a little little harder because the misses aren't as penalizing. And I think that's a that's a big issue. Maybe for the amateur that's cool. I can tell because I still play drivers that are older. I think my newest driver is from 2013 or 14. You know, my my misses are still a little little more penalized than the new ones. But what are you going to do, man? That's the difference though. I think these irons you can play an old blade as long as you can swing it good and hit the screws doesn't matter if you're hitting a 7 or a 9. What does that matter? But the driver is making a big difference. I just remember a time when it was like the driver was the hardest club in the bag to hit. If you missed it left or right, it was violent. It was taken off low, and it was going there hot. Back then, it was a smart decision to be like, Hey, you know what, Ryan? You're not hitting the driver good today. Why don't you start teeing up a 2-iron? People don't even have 2-irons anymore. And I'm not talking about these... Sasquatch two irons that these guys have, these utility irons or whatever the fuck you want to call them, driving irons. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a real two iron. A lot of talk's been about the ball coming back and I know we've touched this topic a million times. I think the biggest issue in golf right now is the driver. I think the driver's way too forgiving. It's way too hot. It's way too big. The shafts are way too good. These guys are the best players in the world. They hit it in the fucking center every time, dude. The golf world... All of these just magnificent golf courses and the architecture. and You can't start making those obsolete. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Change the fucking clubs. Right. It's stupid. These guys can't be hitting 330-yard fades. That's ridiculous, dude.
0: Three days ago, Golf.com posted a quote from Ernie Els on Instagram. They asked him about modern-day technology, and he said, quote, in my day, we didn't get all the help from technology. Now it seems like everyone is going after it 100%. I always felt like I played 85% just to keep the ball in play. And he was long. Yep. It goes to exactly what you were just saying. And I know that you hadn't seen that quote or anything, but it's very timely that it came up. Ernie Els, one of the OGs of golf, the Big Easy, and like you said, he was long, was saying, I went after the ball at 85% out of the fear that if I went after it 100% and missed, I was dead. To Mm -hmm. keep it in the fairway, I had to swing 85%.
1: Basically, in layman's terms, for those not really grasping what I'm trying to say here, they did that a little bit for control, but that was for the control of the spin. Because the technology now has made it so the spin rates are like nothing. These things are coming off like knuckleballs every time. It's like putting chapstick on the face. Back then, it was like, if you swung hard at it, you had to be so pinpoint accurate and you had to play the shot shape that you were trying for. Meaning that like, oh, I'm going to give this one a little extra. For me personally, when I give a little extra, it has a little draw on it. So I'm going to aim it up the right a little bit and aim at the shit. So that brings that risk reward into play. I think that is way more entertaining than these guys hitting fades on draw holes just because they know their technology is going to hold up and they just go, and the thing goes out there. I'm sick of the dunks. I want to hear the bing. There's that clip of Seve with the Persimmons at Augusta. He steps off the ball because someone says something to him, Then he goes back up. This dude takes the most violent fucking swipe at the ball and the sound and everything, and you're just like, that was so much more risk-reward, entertaining, and athletic than Taylor Gooch hitting a stock 330-yard fade. <laughs> Maybe these kids just aren't old enough to remember, but like, I remember. That's why I started this brand was because what happened to all that cool shit?
0: I don't even know if you need to remember to still pine for that because if you watch golf now, it's bomb and gouge. And that's going to get very old very quick if it hasn't already gotten very old. Now, as we change subjects, I promised this topic earlier. We all know that the NFL returned this weekend because it's impossible to ignore. You can't miss it. It's omnipresent, and all these caveman fans carry the water for the league, and they won't stop talking about it. Commercials won't stop advertising it. So whether you listen to the radio, turn on the television, or just go outside, you can't avoid it. But I just want to say this because this is the end of the line for me. I went to church this Sunday. I love my church. I love going, and I always feel better for going. And I know that the Bible says, come as you are. But please, quite literally, for the love of God, can we put a national ban on wearing football jerseys to church?
1: Oh my God, you did not have football jerseys in your church. I did. Oh my God. Backwards hats too? No, but how close are we to getting there? Standards matter. They are important. It's not stuffy. It's okay. You dress up for certain things fucking grow up please carry on
0: this is the house of god not a buffalo wild wings yeah can you put your fandom on hold for 90 minutes is that possible or do you just have to prove something that badly do you have to let everyone know that you are such a diehard Steelers fan that you wear a ben roethlisberger jersey (laughs) to a place of worship Wasn't that guy a pedophile? No, not that. But he has been accused very strongly of committing sexual assault
1: on a couple of different occasions. That guy's middle name looks like dick pic to me, dude. Anyway,
0: (laughs) it's ridiculous. You're a grown man. And yes, of course, I want my fellow congregates in church on Sundays. But do I have to look at your polyester triple X football jersey? While I am trying to get right with JC. And a message to all of the wives who accompany these men to the house of God. How do you let that guy go out in public to church wearing a football jersey? How do you say, okay, honey, let's get in the car. Let's go. How? Please, I am calling on the wonderful women of this world to tell your man to take his football jersey off when he's heading to church. When he's done with church, go ahead, put it on, go order wings with ranch because you don't know the blue cheese is the right dip. Go sit at a bar stool, ignore your family, get drunk on light domestic beer, cheer for teams that don't care if you're watching or not, and buy into this whole farce that, football is a religion and a way of life. Go do all of that. But can you just wait till after church?
1: Please. Please. The football thing, I kind of, for a long time, have not been interested in football. Mm -hmm. And then as we started talking about it and like going into detail and covering this on topics, it's like you realize how in-depth your take is and your feelings on it, right? And so now that I'm in this place that I'm at, I see this shit, and now it's starting to drive me nuts. What are you going to do? Come to church next week dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi because you're a big Star Wars fan? Hey, I'm a Star Wars fan too, but you think I'm going to walk around with a fucking lightsaber in broad daylight, especially in God's temple?
0: I love you waxing loquaciously about church while simultaneously dropping multiple F-bombs and the Lord's name in vain.
1: I'm a sinner just like the rest. I have a lot to work at, but Jesus is the man. God is forgiving. He accepts me as I am. I'm just, I'm pointing my life towards him and trying to take my next step. My mouth is as foul as anyone you've ever met. I grew up in an environment, in the culture, in the surf shops, factories of building surfboards where I can't help myself. That's just the way I talk. But hey, my heart's there, guys. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. Mouth of a dying, drunk sailor. <laughs> what are you going to do? What can you do?
0: Let's talk about, on our way out, two very, very important things. The first one, and I'll let you speak to this, is the Community Relief Maui fundraising event happening this weekend in San Clemente at the Cellar Restaurant. I'll let you give more details on that. But for those that don't know or haven't been paying attention, Ryan's wife, Katie Kai, started a group called Community Relief Maui after the wildfires in Lahaina. Nation Golf became a donation hub for the relief efforts, and as the needs of the island have transitioned, so has Community Relief Maui, and now... There is a fundraising event, and this will happen on Sunday, September 17th at yep. the Cellar in San Clemente. Why don't you talk a little bit more about
1: that? Yeah, the Cellar in San Clemente is hosting us. Um, they're they're a rad little uh, kind of wine bar spot on Del Mar, Avenida Del Mar, 156 Avenida Del Mar in San Clemente. Great little spot. We're doing an entry cover that comes with some drink tickets and a couple raffle tickets, or like I like to call because the state of California likes to uh, ding you. It's called an opportunity drawing. A lot of people are talking about it. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be selling some opportunity drawing tickets at the door and more if you'd want. We have some great prizes and stuff. All the proceeds are going to the relief efforts over there. It's going to be kind of a combination of libations, some hors d'oeuvres, and some good times and some opportunities to win and more or less an opportunity to get to know some more like-minded people and, and keep the internal combustion of help, philanthropy, good vibes. It's the law of attraction, folks. We know it works. And uh, sometimes it's nice to get out of the house, get together with some like-minded folks and scratch each other's heads a little bit and see what you can come up with because that's how this all happens. It's, it's, it's a chain reaction. We're really looking forward to this event and, and others in the future that we're kind of planning on the backside because this is going to be a long, long process. We just met with our friends from over there. They, they were over here for his wife's birthday. Our good friend Mao, who, who lost his house over there, native Hawaiian lifeguard in Lahaina, great guy. We went and surfed Doheny with him last night and just, you know, talking story with him on the beach. It's just, It's surreal. And it's it's out of our 48-hour news cycle right now, but it's still ground zero over there. The rebuild process is going to be lengthy, to say the least. So we're going to just continue to do what we can to help this historic community. Lahaina is is a sacred and a historic town and part of Hawaiian culture, and it's completely gone. I just can't I can't stress that enough. How incredible and just heartbreaking that is. They're going to need our help for a long time and they deserve our help. Let's just do what we can with the little time we have and the little resources we have to, to to give back. And we're going to try and be a vessel for that. My wife's really the ringleader. I'm just kind of helping where I can. But you and I, it goes unsaid that as a company and, and friends, we're, we're proud to be a part of it. Come on down, guys. Come on down to the cellar. Sunday, September 17th, 530 to 8-ish. All benefits will be going towards Community Relief Maui through the Changing Tides Foundation. It's an official 501C, so those of you that need the write-off and stuff will have the appropriate receipts for that. We'd love to see you.
0: Well said. It is a marathon, not a sprint. These homes have been destroyed, lives have been lost, and just because it's not on the news anymore doesn't mean that it didn't happen and doesn't mean that people still aren't reeling and in desperate need of help. Again, 5.30 p.m. at The Cellar in San Clemente this Sunday. More information on Instagram via the handle at community relief Maui, we will be at the event. So it's a good chance for all of us to hang out. I believe it's a $30 ticket that gets you in and you get two raffle tickets and two drink tickets with that. So it's $30 very well spent. One of the raffle prizes is a foursome at Meadowlark Golf Club. So shout out to Jordan Brown, the assistant GM over there and a good friend of ours for throwing that in. We really do appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing everyone Sunday night at the cellar.
1: Yep. We'll have some surfboards to raffle off, some prize packages. It's going to be great. One other
0: very important thing that I want to talk about is our good friend, Nation Stalwart, two time classic gal, and a big help at many of the Nation Derbies, our friend and our Nation sister, Eunice. Her Mm. 16-year-old daughter, Sophie, is battling cancer and just started her treatment as the father of a daughter, and you are the father of a daughter as well. It's just unimaginable to think of your child, your young child, going through something like this. It just has to be, without a doubt, the scariest thing in the world for a parent. And Eunice is that parent. She is one of our great friends. And we just want to encourage anyone who believes to say a prayer for Sophie. Prayer, in our opinion, does work. We do believe in that. And so if you can keep Sophie in your prayers, keep Eunice in your prayers, keep that entire family in your prayers, because what a terrible thing to be going through. That said, we have heard that Sophie is one of the strongest girls out there. In fact, when she got her diagnosis that same week, her and her mom Eunice heard about what we were doing for Maui and Sophie went out and instead of thinking about herself and her situation, she went around town collecting donations to donate to Maui and gave them to our friend, Anthony, to bring down here. So just just an amazing girl. And we are we are really, really pulling for her and thinking of Eunice, who's just been a tremendous person to our brand and to nation and to us. So uh, keep Sophie in your prayers for sure. Tough to segue from that, but yep. we will try. Um, I've wanted to work a shout out to my brother Aaron into the podcast since we launched it, but I just haven't found a good natural way to do it.
1: So we'll do it next week. We'll do it right now. Okay. I'm just going to
0: wedge <laughs> a shout out to my brother Aaron, who is a staunch listener and supporter of the podcast. But I'm actually getting tired of talking to him about the podcast because all he does when he gives me feedback on the podcast. It's compliment you relentlessly.
1: I have a fan? Yeah, a big one.
0: Oh, Ryan's so funny. I can't believe he said that. Oh, this line was great. Oh, I think
1: it's because I I spend so much time writing out all my uh, jokes ahead of time. Is that making fun of me for writing mine out? I don't write out jokes. I write out topics. Uh, Topics, takes. Jokes. Tomato, tomato. Anyways, what about your brother? I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Do you love him? Yeah. You love the guy. Absolutely! Don't you love your brother? Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm not talking about my brother.
0: I think about your brother, Sean, every single time I play golf now. Because when I'm rolling the rock well, I just say it in my head. Button's button. Puttin.
1: When you're putting, it's button. Puttin. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that saying mean? You know exactly what it means. It's when the ball's going in. Yep, that's what it means. Putt's button. Putt's button. <laughs> every time it goes in. If we're playing golf with each other the first person to make a substantial putt. It's the first thing we say. Puttin's puttin'. Puttin's puttin'. Puttin's puttin'. Yeah. Hawk, don't forget. What a roller coaster yeah.
0: of emotions we did talk today about the 5 W's of golf. We talked about wearing football jerseys in church. We cussed and used the Lord's name in vain while talking about church and we talked about the event coming up this Sunday for community relief Maui. We hope to see you there. Before we get out, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. We would love to continue to grow this thing. So if you are an avid listener, please share it with a friend. Subscribe on Spotify. We are also on Apple Podcasts. We are now on Amazon Music as well.
1: Amazon Music. eh? Yep.
0: I don't know how many people use Amazon Music to listen to podcasts, but I figured might as well put this thing out in as many places as possible. Wow. Good for you. On that note, we will get out and we will see you next Monday. Thank you so much for listening.